you please stand and join me for the call to worship? In faith, Abraham and Sarah set out for a new land. In faith, the church continually seeks to understand what tasks God has set before us at the present moment.
Good morning. Please be seated. Welcome to our members and visitors to Southside Baptist Church. It's good to see you this morning. It's, if you're a first-time visitor, welcome. It's a very special service, and I'm glad that you're going to be here today. Southside Baptist Church is a community of faith here in the heart of the city, and we're seeking to build an inclusive community of grace where all are welcome and where all are loved. And today is a very special day in the life of our congregation. Today is a day of new beginnings as we install our new pastors, Dr. Kenneth Roxborough and Dr. Timothy Kelly. Recognizing the opportunities and challenges being a downtown church, we decided to do something a little different and a little innovative and to share what traditionally are the roles and responsibilities of a single pastor to share it with two. We believe that this is what is appropriate and what God has called us to do here in this place to be responsive and to truly build that community of grace that's open to all people. And so today we're going to be installing Dr. Kenneth Roxborough as our pastor of uh, preaching and teaching and Dr. Timothy Kelly as our pastor of community ministries. Together they will lead our staff and lead our congregation into what we believe is a strong and promising future. For this special service, we have some guests that I'd like to introduce. First of all, Reverend Terry Bird from the coordinator for the Alabama Cooperative Baptist Fellowship. Thank you for being here. She's going to be bringing our homily and challenging us to be the congregation that we need to be to support the ministries here. I also want to recognize several special guests. Also, um, Dr. David Chapman, Dean of the School of Arts and Sciences from Sanford University. Thank you for being here. And also our guest from Vestavia Baptist Church. Thank you for being here and for the support that you're giving to Dr. Roxborough. This is a special time in the life of our church. It's a time of new beginnings. You'll notice on the front of your bulletin, the resurrection window. And we chose that on purpose because we believe that today marks the day of a new beginning for Southside Baptist Church. And today as we go through the service, I'd ask you to be embraced by these windows and the symbols that they represent, the symbols of the I, I am sayings of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let them surround you, let them guide you as we go through this time of service, as we have this installation for our two new pastors. I'm glad you're here for this special service. Let's continue in worship together. Let us pray. Father, we invoke your presence at Southside Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama this morning. You've told us that where two or more are gathered together in your name, that you're there. We make that claim this morning. We know that you are here, and we are humbled by that idea. Thanks for those that you've sent to be ministers to us. In addition to Tim Kelly and Kenneth Roxburgh, whom we install this morning in their new positions. We thank you for Tim Banks, who has led us, who's so graciously given so much of his time as our Minister of Music, and Chris Roberts, uh, who serves as youth and our minister. We are just blessed to have these men in our midst and be sent to us for this. Uh, the special work that we do here. As we install Tim and Ken today into positions 
to which this church has called them, to pray that you'll empower them with insight, with love, with courage, and with the strength to be who you want them to be in this place. We also pray that you'll give each of us a new spirit of excitement and commitment to the work of this church. This is your church where we're trying to build an inclusive community of grace in your name. We uh, offer this service to you and uh, open our hearts to your love. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This is what the Lord says, 
he who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. second reading comes from Thessalonians chapter 3, be reading verses 6 through 13. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love. He has told us also that you always remember us kindly and long to see us, just as we long to see you. For this reason, brothers and sisters, during all our distress and persecution, we have been encouraged about your, you through our faith. For we now live if you continue to stand firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy that we feel before our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you face to face and restore whatever is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all just as we abound in love for you. And may he so strengthen your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all of his saints. This is the word of the Lord. pray together. God, sometimes it is incredibly difficult to know how to pray. We come here today shattered by the violence and sorrow that has devastated this week. Yet we also come with great joy and hope as we install these two amazing ministers, our friends, as the pastors of this faith community. Help us to find the words to say. God, we are weary of attacks and chaos. God, we are shaken by the news that so many lives have been wounded and killed in Paris and Beirut and Kenya. 
God, we tire of being scared and wondering when the next attack will happen. God, we are weeping with the families as they mourn and cry out in the night. God, we are grateful that when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that you are with us. God, we hope and are hopeful that your love is bigger than our hate and stronger than our malice toward our brothers and our sisters. God, we are praying that you would reveal your peace this day, not only in Paris and Beirut and Kenya, but throughout your whole world. God, we are thankful that you have called us to be an inclusive community of grace in this neighborhood, a place where love will be fostered. God, we are seeking your light and ask that it would shine bright in the midst of this stark night in Paris, Beirut, and Kenya, but also in Alabama, Birmingham, and on the corner of the 19th Street and 11th Avenue South. So now in your presence, in this sacred space, with this beloved community, we are softened into clarity and praise for your expansive generosity and grace. And on this day, fringed with sadness, and yet also the reality of hope, woven together with amazing possibilities, we dedicate ourselves anew to you and contritely pause to praise you for the way our lives are braided together by the imagination and compassion of all of us held together in your embrace. And may we join our voices and our hearts in praying to you. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against you. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Thank you. Words we need to hear this day. Christ be with me. Our scripture this morning comes to us from Hebrews, the 10th chapter. And I am concentrating on verses 23 through 25. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. There were those nights when my children were little, when one of them would call for me to come to their room because they were afraid. And although I would assure them that the dream wasn't real and that there was not a monster in the closet, or under the bed, my words didn't necessarily make everything better. So a second request normally followed. Will you stay with me? Indeed. I feel a little like that today. Do you? Despite the words, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is, has promised is faithful. I am still afraid, shaken. This week it has been proven that our world is too big, too dark, and too frightening. I must admit that my sermon changed yesterday because I had a hard time thinking of how to charge you to be an open and inclusive community of grace and love when our world is so scary. It's something we must address, don't you think? Before we moved to Alabama, my family lived in the Tampa Bay area of Florida. The Reverend Dr. James A. Harnish, who is an author and the pastor of Hyde Park United Methodist Church there, writes a weekly blog. In a recent letter, Jim wrote about an important disturbing trend in Western society that I'm sure you've heard all about. The front page story of the Tampa Tribune reported that one-fifth of the American public and a third of adults under 30 now indicate none as their religious affiliation. The majority of the nuns say they are religious or spiritual, but they have either rejected, been burned by, or simply don't see any need for their religious or spiritual life to be practiced in community with others. On that same day, Dr. Harnish came across an address by Peter Jensen, 
the Anglican Archbishop of Sydney, Australia, who described the deadly individualism of our time. He called this undemanding, individualistic, homemade, sentimental spirituality the new religion which turns the human impetus to worship inward toward the self. So what could be more countercultural than scripture? The Bible simply has no place for a totally individualistic relationship with God. Biblical faith is always personal, but it is never private. It begins in the transformation of our individual lives, but it is lived out in community with others. Worship draws us together from our inherent need to be in community with others and turns our attention away from ourselves and toward God. For the past few weeks, the lectionary's epistle reading, the letter to Hebrews, has drawn churches across the world into the exploration of the messy reality of corporate religion. Worship and prayer, gifts and offerings, cries, sighs, laughter, and tears. This week, we are admonished to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to be together. That's the inconvenient thing about religion, isn't it? That it asks you to do stuff, real stuff, like worship with other people, love other people, do good to and for other people, and do it all regardless of how you feel about any of it. Although today, I must say, it sounds like good news to me. For in a world with so much pain and sorrow, alone is the last way that I want to be. We are close to Advent, and I was thinking recently about the words used by the prophet Isaiah to describe the Messiah who was to be born. Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince, of peace. And then in the Gospels, the names the angels mentioned to Mary and to the shepherds that Jesus would be called the Son of the Most High, the Messiah, and the Lord. Such beautiful, powerful imagery of the Messiah, the Savior of our world. But you know, most of the time when Jesus described himself, he used words that were relevant to the lives of real people. Real stuff. The bread of life. The living water. The good shepherd. The vine. And the door. Tangible things. Words that describe realities that could be held and tasted and leaned into. Today we find those very real things in the cornucopia on the table that represents 
the way God calls us into relationship with him. They represent the windows that fill this room with light that overcomes darkness. Today, we live in a world where there are many who would choose to divide us, nation against nation, people against people, driving us to be afraid of every difference between us, the color of our skin, the land of our birth, our heritage, our culture, our political affiliation. Yet Jesus calls us into community with each other and into relationship with God, living the real stuff. I'm intrigued that our scripture uses the word provoke, a word that I normally equate with the instigation of divisive deeds. And yet, the writer of Hebrews turns it around and invites us to invoke, to ignite love and acts of love, driving away division and encouraging community and grace. The recent nights of darkness have us calling out afraid, do they not? And every good word about hope and promised faithfulness are words we want to embrace but find difficult. We need to feel and experience what it is in reality. So we cry out to God, please stay with me. And God does in lots of ways. He becomes Emmanuel, our God with us. So it doesn't surprise me that God inspires the writer of Hebrews to follow the words of encouragement with words of real action. Be together. Don't be alone. Ponder how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. Dear members of Southside Baptist Church, don't neglect being together. Hold on to each other. Encourage one another. And all the more when it seems the hardest. Speaker and writer Lillian Daniel said, Being privately spiritual but not religious just doesn't interest me. There is nothing challenging about having deep thoughts all by oneself. What is interested is doing this good work in community where other people might call you on stuff or, heaven forbid, disagree with you. Where life with God gets rich and provocative is when you dig deeply into a tradition that you did not invent all for yourself. So today, I am lifted up by the hope and the courage I find in this congregation. The courage to do something new. The calling of co-pastors is not unheard of, but it is a step out of the norm. It's creative. It's gutsy. It's courageous. It's an invitation for all of us 
to look at the way that God is calling us to use the real stuff that we have to offer in building a community that truly sees, embraces, and loves each other and walks together on the faith journey. So, in the light of this new day, a new beginning shining through these windows onto our faces, may we find comfort in the real stuff that Christ offers to this beloved community, the leadership of two shepherds who deeply love the Lamb of God and are called to lead his sheep. The ability to see not the things that divide us, but the ties that bind us together. The true vine, the bread of life, the living water, and the open door. The door which invites all of us into an inclusive community of grace and love. Amen. Let us pray together. Lord, invoke and provoke something deep within us that causes us to reach out into a world full of pain and sorrow and be the courageous open doors of all inclusive grace and love through the calling of your spirit into our lives. Amen. I invite Marilyn Shepherd to come and lead us in the words of installation. First, I just want to say, Carrie, that was absolutely beautiful. Thank you very much. We're so glad each of you are able to join us as we celebrate a new beginning for our church. New beginnings are great, but sometimes you have to go through a whole lot of stuff to get there. A whole lot of changes that you aren't necessarily happy about. As many of you know, I was laid off from my job in 2011. And for the first time in years, I spent the summer at home with my boys. I was expecting a fun time with them. We had so much we could do, and we could start so early in the morning. Imagine my surprise when my youngest, Cameron, came and asked me when I was going back to work. <laughs> Apparently, I was ruining the whole summer for everyone in the house. Cameron informed me that he was sick of all this change. We don't like change. We have a routine and, and it works and we want things to always stay the same. A year and a half ago, I stood up here talking about an email we received from Steve Jones, our pastor at the time, announcing his retirement. I said that we felt like sheep without a shepherd like we were somehow adrift and lost. The sadness this congregation felt was tangible and suffocating. It's like we took a deep breath in and couldn't breathe. Things were about to change and we were struggling and frightened and wondering what to do. In the book of Isaiah, God says, behold, I will do a new thing. 
now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. I think God is telling us that a new thing is not necessarily a bad thing. Change is okay, a part of life and something that is always going to happen. God is doing a new thing at Southside Baptist Church. That's why we're here today, to move forward, to embrace the future with hope and gladness. We are here to share our excitement that Dr. Ken Roxborough has agreed to become our preaching, teaching pastor. I remember Randy Davis and Tim Kelly making that initial call to him while he was vacationing in Scotland. He agreed to fill in for a brief time, but it didn't take us long to realize that our vision of building an inclusive community of grace is his vision as well. Not only has he brought a necessary stability to our congregation, but he has also proven himself to be a man of deep faith who is able to convey Christ's love and concern for us through each sermon that he offers. His sermons reflect a man who knows the love of Christ, the love Christ has for his congregation and his creation and can't wait to share it. Just as we were a flock in need of a shepherd, Ken was very much a shepherd in need of a flock. It seems ordained by God that he has agreed to become a part of our ministerial team and help us fulfill our vision and mission here at Southside. I've mentioned the new, and now I want to mention the old. Maybe I should say long-serving. <laughs> we also want to reaffirm Dr. Tim Kelly, our pastor for Congregational Ministries. If a church had a heartbeat, if Southside Baptist Church had a heartbeat, it would be Tim Kelly's. He has the heart of Christ and it shows in his care and commitment to each member of this congregation. You know, many of us, we just try to build an inclusive community of grace. We just try. But Tim's life is an example of how an inclusive community of grace should look, should act, and should exist. Romans 12.1 says that a person's life should be a living sacrifice to God. To me, this verse epitomizes Tim's service to this church. We are truly blessed to have his continued commitment to Southside. We would be remiss today to not mention the other members of our ministerial team. The first is Chris Roberts, our education director. He has been with us for several months now, and he certainly brought a contagious enthusiasm to share with all of us. Tim Banks, who worked with Southside several years ago, returned around October of last year as our choir master. Sarah Heaslett, our organist and music director, has remained with us throughout the years. We are blessed every Sunday by their dedication to working with the choir to prepare music that does seem to spring forth and help us feel the joy that comes from serving Christ. That's our team, a combination of the long-serving, the new, and the returned. And that's how God works. He is able to take this combination of persons and do a new thing. He has been able to use them to show us a way through the wilderness we found ourselves in when Steve retired. He has used them to bring us to a time of joy, 
a time of rivers in the desert, a time of celebration. And so we are here today to celebrate change, but also to acknowledge and remember that there is a certain continuity to life, a certain quality that stays the same. At Southside, that continuity is reflected in our continued commitment to Christ, our continued commitment to serving Christ in this place, and our continued commitment to striving to build an inclusive community of grace. Not only did we want to state and affirm our vision, but we wanted to do it in such a way that our pastors would have a visible, present reminder of our commitment, not only to them, but also to our vision for this church. What better to do that than with the windows in this sanctuary? Each window has a symbol, whether it be doors, the vine, the bread, etc. And each symbol reminds us of Christ, of our desire to reflect him, of our desire for our church to reflect the kingdom. I now invite Rusty Bennett to come and speak to our symbols. Standing in this sanctuary, I'm reminded of our history, of our progress, of our present, and our future. As we considered this service, as Terry and um, Marilyn have spoken of, we thought about these beautiful windows and what they represent to us, how the light does reflect in and challenges us to think about our own faith journey. We're clear as a congregation, we wanna build that inclusive community of grace here in this place where all are welcome and all are loved. And that vision, I think, of a loving, caring congregation begins with believing what these windows represent. It believes that belief in Jesus Christ that transforms us and changes us. The symbols that are represented in these windows are represented here on the table. The first one of Christ saying, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Through God's power, May you be faithful shepherds, bearing the servant heart of Christ and creating a holy place of refuge for all of God's children. The vine, I am the true vine and the father is the vine dresser. Through God's power, may you grow in closeness to Christ and may your ministry bear the spiritual fruits of love of unity, of grace, and of faithfulness. The bread. I am the bread of life. Who comes to me shall not hunger. And through God's power, may you feed and be fed through the bread of life so that no one hungers and so that no one is left wanting. The light of the world. I am the light of the world, and who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. And through God's power, may you always walk in the light of Christ. May Christ's light guide you, and may it always give you a vision for this congregation. The gate, which is that window up there. I am the gate, and if anyone enters through me, they shall be saved 
and will go in and out and find pasture. And through God's power, may this place be a place where all are welcome, a true house of worship, a true house where all can come and worship God and find that refuge. And our last window, as we talked about, is the resurrection window, represented by the pomegranates up here. For Christ said, I am the resurrection and the life, and he who believes in me shall live even if he dies. That's our new beginning. That's our resurrection. It's our commitment to this place and the commitment that you've demonstrated. And these symbols of Christ through these windows and up here, they remind us that Christ is very present within our lives. And as both Terry and Marilyn said, have great plans for us. We are committed to be that congregation alongside of you. And we are so grateful that you've answered that call. This time I'd ask that you would come up for our words of installation. Stand with Marilyn. And we'll do this responsibly, and then there will also be a time for us as a congregation to respond. When ministers answer God's call and enter ministry, they make vows of faithfulness. As a community of faith, we acknowledge the calling and ordination of both Kenneth Roxborough and Timothy Kelly. We recognize you as spiritual leaders with experience training and worth. We join with you recognizing the renewal of your ordination, vows, and calling to be ministers here in this place. Having formally responded to the high calling of God to dedicate your lives to gospel ministry and having now accepted the call of Southside Baptist Church to be our ministers, Kenneth Roxborough as pastor for preaching and teaching, and Timothy Kelly as pastor for congregational ministries. Do you affirm your ordination vows as ministers of Jesus Christ? And do you solemnly pledge to serve this congregation as partners in ministry to, to the best of your ability and in fulfillment of your sacred vows? I will, God being my helper. I charge you to be good and faithful ministers of Jesus Christ remembering his example and servant ministry. Will you diligently pursue the deepening of your devotional life, your study, and seek to practice daily the faith you profess? Will you sincerely endeavor to build an inclusive community of grace as led by the Holy Spirit to love and care for those that are marginalized, to proclaim the truth of God as revealed in scripture, and to lead this congregation in ways of Christ and in service to God. I do. Do you, members of Southside Baptist Church, receive Kenneth Roxborough and Timothy Kelly as your pastors, promising both to labor with them in the ministries of the gospel and to give them due honor and support? We do with the members of the congregation do gladly receive Kenneth Roxborough and Timothy Kelly as our pastors. We covenant to hear the word of God as preached with humility and love, to pray for them at all times, 
to encourage them and to provide for their needs as they require, and to work with them as faithful people of God in this place, as Christ shall be our helper. At this time, would Don and Hannah come up? And also, Gwen, would you please come up and join them? We're going to have a prayer of insulation. And as you're joined by your family in support, thank you for accepting this call. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and on behalf of this church, I declare you... Dr. Kenneth Roxborough and Dr. Timothy Kelly to be duly installed as our pastors of this church and congregation. We shall uphold you in prayer and in the performance of your duties as ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you as our pastors. The love of God and the presence of Christ be with you and your family. Amen. Welcome your new pastors. for all the words that Marlon and uh, Rusty have mentioned today and appreciate your presence, presence of friends from uh, church and from Samford University and the presence of so many people that I've got to know over the, the past uh, 15 months or say. I was thinking this morning about the various times in your life when you sense God's call. I remember being with my father in the summer of 1973 I think it was in the Lake District of England and hearing a very real sense of God calling me to theological study and preparation for some form of ministry whatever that would be and then being accepted by the Baptist Union of Scotland as a candidate for ministry and then in 1978 being ordained and installed into my first pastoral charge in the borders of Scotland and my father gave me an ordination Bible and a text, a text I was familiar with, which says, do your best to present yourself to God as one approved by him, a worker rightly explaining the word of truth. And I sense in these months leading up to today and today, uh, revitalizing of that call to the ministry of word and sacrament to which I offer myself in the service of Christ and the service 
of this community of faith. I'm grateful to God and for each one of you. Now the old will follow the new. And I will take just a moment to say a couple of, of things because it is an honor and privilege to be here and to be installed along with Ken here as pastors here at Southside. It's especially moving to me since I was licensed here in 1986, ordained here in 1990, and after serving as pastor of a mission restart for almost seven years, coming back uh, in 2001 to serve here as associate pastor for ministries or missions and administration. Which means, if you add all those up, I'm beginning my 25th year here at Southside, but uh, not in succession. I know that there's many things that we wonder about, the questions we have, and the journey that we all make. I've served with a lot of folks here at Southside. I've seen a lot of people come and go. I've seen many people who have passed away that we walked with and we shared the, the joys and the sorrows. And I've shared with many of you joys and sorrows as you've had highs and lows in your own lives. And so together, this service of installation is a way in my mind of reaffirming all of those things we have experienced together. And to say that we can only do what we can do as Christ leads us. I think also it's an affirmation of your ministerial staff, all those that uh, were mentioned earlier as we read those of Chris, Sarah, Tim, Ken and myself, to know that we are a team that works together, knowing that where one is weak, the other may be stronger and vice versa, and we lean upon each other. Oftentimes refer to all we do as it being a journey, and it is, step by step, learning more, learning from what we have done wrong and what we've done right, trusting that God is guiding us in all things. But when we walk together, we uphold each other, we strengthen each other, as long as we follow the one who's called us and made us one, the one whose love binds us together. You know, when Jesus called some of his disciples, some responded saying, well, where are you going? And he said, come and see. And I think that's what we always have to see as we journey with Christ, that we don't know exactly where things will take us, but we trust the one that leads us. And today, I pledge my sincere pledge of confidence, of trust, of willingness to do all that I can to continue the service that I have engaged myself in here as far as ministry and look forward to the days ahead as Ken and I share those together. We are called to follow. And today as we all, we're not a single minister and this is not about us, it's about God's church here. And I think it's important for us to recognize that, that we journey together as one and we are called to follow each person in his own way, using his own gifts and abilities. And we have today that opportunity for you to also pledge yourself, that is a hymn of dedication. Not that we ask you to come forward and make that dedication, but that you in your own heart, where you are, recommit yourself to doing those things God has called you to do, and that you embrace that. And certainly, 
If all of Dr. Roxburgh's friends would like to come and be a part of this church, we welcome you. <laughs> but we trust that you will follow God's guidance. And today, I'll, Ken and I will both be here at the front to receive you uh, as you make those decisions.
today we pray. Dear God, we come today full of thanksgiving for everything you've given our church. And today, especially for these two men we celebrate, may we also give back to you our time, our talent, and our treasure as evidence for our love for you and your church. As we think of giving, thank you for the many people at Southside who have gone before us and are here among us who generously give to our church. And I would like to thank you especially for Shirley Henderson as she's given generously to the church as we celebrate her 90th birthday. Thank you for her and all those that go before her and each of us. Amen.
before Dr. Roxburgh comes and pronounces a benediction, uh, Rusty would like to say a word as far as the other activities that are going on. We want to extend a special um, invitation to everybody attending today to come to the back for a reception in honor of uh, Dr. Ken and Tim to come back and just thank them for their service and to welcome them to Southside. Um, also, I think it's an opportunity to also have Tim and Sarah and uh, Chris back there to also tell you tell them how much we appreciate them. This is our ministry team, and we are so very happy that we have you. So thank you very, very much.